Hi guys, we'll begin to another episode when the scriptures become real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube and also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. All right, and one more announcement. Um, if you would like to join our live prayer and devotional on Instagram, please go and 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 like the Instagram page, my personal one or the uh or uh, the podcast one, uh, but if you would go like my personal one, because there, uh, that's where we're going to start a, a program called Stack Your Days, and we're calling it Stack Your Days because as we go through life and uh, as things get hard, it, it gets tough sometimes, and so as we learn to stack our days, we're learning to build those good habits that we see in the scripture, and it'll help us grow, and so as we're building these habits, when you build good habits, not only do you see yourself growing more, then you add value to yourself again, right? Then you have something to look forward to again. Then you can see yourself getting stronger, right? Which is a which is a great thing uh, for us. So uh, going and like the uh, Instagram page, and you can look at my personal one. Just look up Jordan underscore Anthony underscore Pew underscore, and then you'll find it, and then you can join the live there. And so we'll be on tonight. All right. So here's what we're talking about today. <laughs> So this podcast is not actually my idea. This podcast actually came from a conglomerate of different side conversations that we had at a at a uh, at a college study uh, a couple nights ago. And so as we're around the bonfire outside, it was getting pretty late and it was dark outside already. It was probably like maybe nine thirty, uh, ten o'clock. No, it was probably around nine o'clock, you know, eight thirty nine. And it's getting late, but we're all sitting around the fire still talking. And and so they're mentioning certain things and they're talking about, you know, different podcast topics that I could do or something that they want to hear. And as we're going through these conversations, I told them, I said, look, y'all, y'all think I'm playing. If y'all give me ideas, I will shout y'all out. Y'all think I'm playing. I'll shout y'all out. So this idea actually came from them. And so I want to give them a shout out uh, on here. So those that gave me the idea for this, uh, Michael Basford had some input, Dylan from Arnold, uh, Brandon from Arnold had some great input, Allie had some input, Katie had some input, which I'll shout her out on, on a quote that she did later, Kaylee had some, I mean, it was it was great as we went around and they just kept, the ideas on this topic kept flowing. And so this is where we're going with this, guys, and I hope uh, you guys enjoy this. So the topic is, is your empathy on E? Is your empathy on E? So we kind of talked about different topics and they brought up certain topics, but one main one was how can we learn to weather the storm? And Psalm chapter 23, verse four uh, was mentioned. So talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, how can we learn? And Dylan and Brandon brought this up and how can we learn to weather the storm? You know, it's it's easy to jump ship, but how can you learn to, as Psalms mentions, I will not be moved. How can we learn to weather the storm? What can we do? How can we become better? You know, I remember Ali brought up being having that agape love, you know, having that sacrificial love, you know, as we're going through these storms together. Right. Psalm chapter 23. So as they all started talking about this, I was thinking, how can we this, this is all great. This is all great topics. But how can we narrow this down? To where we can hit all this, but still answer all those questions and comments that they had. And 
here's where it all boiled down to, guys, in my study. All of this that we talked about, weathering the storm, walking through the storm together, you know, doing all these things, agape love, it all boiled down to empathy. It all boiled down to empathy. And here's where we're going with this as we introduce this topic. Guys, I'm excited about this. I'm pumped. All right, so check this out. I had a conversation with Sam Lawrence last night. And as Sam and I were talking, and Sam, I really wish you can be on because you mentioned this, and I really wish you could be here. But Sam talked about a sermon that he did and a study that he did, and it was on the difference between sympathizing and empathizing. So sympathizing is feeling sorry for the person, right? Oh, I'm sorry you went through that. I wish that didn't happen to you. Uh, Well, maybe next time. You know, feeling it's feeling sorry. And I think that's what a lot of us, myself included, is really good at. Oh, well, I'm sorry that happened. Oh, well, my bad. You know what I mean? We're, we, we sympathize very, very well. But empathy is feeling with the person. It's feeling with the person. So now think about this. Go back to Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, where David mentions, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So as David is walking through the valley, and he's feeling the valley, guess who's feeling it with him? The Lord is. So empathizing is the ability to feel exactly what the person's going through. So you might not have gone through the situation the person has gone through, but you have the ability to feel with them. You definitely have the ability to feel with them. So here's the beauty of what Sam mentioned here. As we kept talking, He said there was a time where you were able to empathize with me. You felt what happened to me as if it happened to you. You empathized. Then because of that process of us empathizing with each other, now he said, now I could do it for you and now I can do it for others. So the the ability to empathize is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So as we talk about this, how can we learn to become better at empathy, right? How can we learn to be better, uh, you know, we can empathize better with our brethren? Here's, Here's where we're going with this. So number one, as we talk about empathy, and as we talk about how to become better empathizers rather than sympathizers, number one, understand this. Your love, talking about agape here, your love should motivate even through the mistakes of other people. Your love should motivate even through the mistakes of other people. So think about this, guys. When somebody makes a mistake, when someone sins against you, when someone hurts you, how does that make you feel? You know, maybe there's a certain level of anger there. Maybe there's a certain level of bitterness there. Maybe there's a certain level of regret there. Maybe there's a certain level of, you know, distrust there now, right? So we feel that when we, when someone else or we have been, when we have made the mistake, right? When we have sinned. And so when that happens, though, what should motivate you? even through that mistake, even through the sin. 
your love for God. And if you love God, what will you do for your brother or your sister who hurt you? You will love them too. See, now here's the hard part, guys. And even as I was examining this for myself, sometimes what we can do is we look too much at the pain and the hurt rather than looking at my love for God and my love for people. And so check this out. Look at Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And as we notice this, open your Bibles with us so you can study with us here as well. So in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus gives us a principle on this. And I think the earlier we can understand this, the better you're going to be as a person and the better I'll be as a person. So the context here in Luke 17 is on forgiveness. But before Jesus talks about forgiveness, he gives us context of why we need to forgive. So verse 1, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. So Jesus has given us a concept that, guess what? Offenses are going to come. And guess what? People will fail you. And guess what? You will fail people. So guess what we all need to understand about each other? We need to understand that offenses are going to happen. So here's the thing. Here's the concept that we need to understand, guys, is every person that you know, every person that you're going to meet, every person that you don't know yet, they're going to fail you, and you will fail them at some point. Every person that you meet, every person that's old, every person that's new, every person that you don't know yet, at some point in time, you will fail them, and they will fail you. So when that happens, how are you going to respond to it? And now, Katie, that is where I'm going to shout you out. All right, I appreciate you. This is where I'm going to shout you out. So as we talked about this late that night, we talked about that this concept here. And Katie mentioned this. When we talk about, you know, the mistakes of others, when we talk about those things, you know, they're, they're little spots on people. So sometimes a good person makes a bad mistake. Sometimes a good person sins. But when that good person sins, that's kind of a spot on them, right? But Katie mentioned this. So when that happens to people around us, Sometimes what we tend to do is we look at those small spots, right? We look at those small spots on good people with rose-colored glasses. Meaning, if the spot on a good person is red, but in my eyes when I look at that person, I have rose-colored glasses, a small spot on them looks like it's covering the whole person. And that's not fair. It's not fair. So no wonder we can't show that true agape. No wonder we can't walk through the valley with people. You know, Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, because the small things, the small mistakes that good people make, we make it as that's who they are when that's wrong. That's wrong. And so, you know, even Dylan and Brandon around the fire mentioned, that's why we can't weather the storm. Because when we make small mistakes with each other, when we sin against each other, we make it such a big deal that we say, well, that's just who you are. That's the type of person that you are. That's wrong. So then what if God thought that about us? It makes the person look worse to you than what you really are. So now let's think about it from this perspective. Think about the empathy of Jesus for a minute. 
Think about the empathy of Jesus. So look at this. Look at Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. And let's begin in verse number seven. This is, and I mentioned this a little bit on um, on Instagram last night in a, like a small devotional. But notice what happens here. Mark chapter 15, starting in verse seven. There was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that made insurrection with him and committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. And Pilate answered and said, what will you that I release unto you, the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. But when the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them, Pilate answered and said, what will you that I shall do unto him who you call king of the Jews? And they cried out and they said, crucify him. So now think about the empathy of Christ. Now think about empathy. What did we just say? Your love for God and for others should motivate you even through others' mistakes. So notice the setting here. The people here, and this is something we forget sometimes. You know, imagine the scene. You have an angry mob. You have Pilate there. You have Jesus on one side. You have Barabbas on the other. Sometimes we have this picture that the crowd just picks Barabbas. No, no, no. That's not what the text says. The text says in verse number 10 that for envy they delivered Christ. But watch verse 11. But the chief priests moved the people that they should release Barabbas. So now this wasn't just a, well, let's just release him. They were convinced little by little to release him. So let's go back to that concept of spots and looking at people through rose-colored glasses. We convince ourselves and we let other people convince us of choosing the wrong things. And so now think about Jesus. Think about his empathy. These people here in the text in Mark 15, guys, they were swayed to make the wrong choice. And by this choice, guess who had to suffer for it? Our Lord. So now here's something that I'm still, I still have a hard time in understanding the heart of Jesus. I still have a very hard time understanding this the more I study this. <clears throat> um, how can a man like Jesus find room in his heart to empathize with people who didn't choose him. You know, guys, I mean, to be honest, sometimes the love of God is beyond me. I, I don't know. How? How can he do that? How can a man find room in his heart to empathize with people who didn't choose him? And Think about, think about their choice, guys. When you're swayed to make a choice, you have to weigh the evidences, right? So now imagine... Imagine all of us are in that mob together and all of us are in that mob. And then you have some chief priests coming up to our group saying, hey, look, y'all need to pick Barabbas over Jesus. But wait, time out. He was known for killing people in an insurrection. But I saw him heal a man. I saw him care for others. I saw him do miracles. 
I saw him give food. I saw him taking care of the children. But you're telling me that I should pick that one? So notice notice the power of of the chief priests swaying the people. They totally forgot about the great qualities of Jesus just to get what they wanted in the moment. And and when you think about our Lord, how are how are some ways that Jesus empathized with those people and with us? So when Jesus was on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive them. Guess what that is? That's empathy. How do we know that's empathy? Not only did he ask to forgive them, but what was the reason? They don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know. Then how else did Jesus show um, empathy? When he rose from the dead, Mark chapter 16, when he rose, the one who hurt him, he asked to preach the first sermon, Acts chapter 2. The man who said, I don't even know who the man is. I don't even know him. I'm not even associated with him. I don't know the man. Jesus showed empathy and still used him. And then three, Jesus gave us salvation. Acts chapter two, man and brethren, what shall we do? Repent, repent and be baptized. And guys, I'm going to be real with y'all. My love is not at this point yet. I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. It's not there. But our love should get to the point where others' mistakes, rather than putting the rose-colored glasses on to make them look worse than what they are, love should get to the point when they make mistakes and when they sin against you, and even when you're hurt, and even when you hurt others, love should get to the point where it should make you love them more. And that's a level of love that Jesus had. Think about the instantaneous hurt that Jesus had from the garden on. The disciples couldn't even stay awake for him. Then they left him. Then Jesus, then Peter denied him. Then he's beaten and he's, then he's, then they choose a murderer over him. Then they spit on him. Then they make fun of him. Then he's on the cross and he hangs there gasping for breath to stay alive. And even after all that pain that others afflicted on him, he had more than enough room in his heart to find, to find ways to empathize with the same people that hurt him. Can you do that right now? Can I do that right now? I don't know if I can right now. But does it mean that you shouldn't develop to that? I mean, the more and more you look at this, the more and more you realize your love is, my love is nowhere near. It's nowhere near this. Because sometimes what happens with us is the first time someone does the same thing to us two or three times, okay, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. 
but I mean, Jesus found room to empathize with all these other people. So is your empathy on E? Your love should motivate through the mistakes of others. Then as we as we keep walking through here and as we keep studying and as as they kept get kept giving all these ideas around the fire. We were kept going we're keep talking through this idea. And as we're talking through it, number one, your love should motivate through the mistakes of others. But then number two, your love has to be tested in order to empathize. Your love has to be tested in order to empathize. So now, so now let's let's go back to what Sam said before in our phone call. Sam said there was a time where you were empathizing with me and I was empathizing with you. So how can you how can you empathize with someone if something bad has never happened to you? If you've never dealt with pain, if you've never dealt with hurt, if you've never dealt with anything, how can you truly empathize with somebody? You can't. So you don't you don't know you don't know how it feels. So now when you think about this, think about this concept. Before joy, there has to be hurt. So remember, what does the Hebrews writer mention? So he mentions the joy that was set before him. What did he have to do to get that joy? He had to endure. He endured the cross to reach that joy. Here's a misconception that we teach that is wrong. And it sounds good when you say it, but just because something sounds good doesn't mean it's the right thing. So here's here's the misconception. Sometimes as our young men and as our young women grow up, we teach them things like this. If you treat people right, if you admit when you're wrong, if you have a good heart, everything is going to work out and be okay. That's 100% false. That's 100% false. Because if that's the case, Job treated people right. He was the greatest man in the East. Job admitted when he was wrong. Job said, if I've sinned, forgive me. Job had a good heart. He kept his integrity before God. But even though he had all that, what happened to him? Things weren't always okay for Job. What about Joseph? What about Christ? See, here's the concept that we need to understand. It's this is a universal concept. Matt or Luke chapter 17, verse 1, it's a universal, it's like gravity. It's a universal concept that you're gonna let people down and people are gonna let you down. It's universal. So just because you bear the name Christian doesn't mean you're um you're exempt from that. It's universal. This concept is universal. Being good and trying your best to be good doesn't mean you will always be treated good. That's just a law. That's a concept. So understand coming in that you will experience this type of pain, whether you're a good person or whether you're a bad person. You'll experience it. So just because you're good doesn't mean you'll get less pain. Just because you're bad doesn't mean you're going to get more. You're going to experience it whether you're good or bad. 
Well, how do we know it? So, okay, let's look at Christ. Christ was a good man, wasn't he? So being a good man, what did he experience? Pain. Abel was a good man. He sacrificed. What did he experience? His own brother killed him. But then Judas, right? Judas was, I mean, when you look at the text, it looked like he was good. He was following. But then when he was bad, you know, obviously bad things happened to him. So being hurt, being disappointed, being sinned against, you being the one that hurt is something that we all have in common. So now that we understand the universal law of this, what do we do? What are we supposed to do? Empathize. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 8. Peter mentions here, Finally, brethren, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, as brethren, be pitiful, and then also be courteous. So that phrase, having compassion one of another, it's actually from the Greek word sympathizing, but the definition of sympathizing is actually empathizing. So the Greek word there literally means to enter into another's feelings and invincing a regard for somebody else's welfare. You enter into somebody else's feelings. When's the last time you entered in to somebody else's feelings that you hurt? Or when's the last time you entered into, when's the last time someone entered into your feelings that hurt you? The Greek word describes the state of mind when we enter into the feelings of others as if it were our own. So like Sam mentioned, you had the ability when we met to enter into my feelings as if my pain just happened to you. Empathizing. So now, in order to be able to enter in, your love at some point had to have been tested. So now all these things that Jesus went through, guess what all of it is? Guess what all the pain was? Guess what all the betrayal was? Guess what all the all that hurt was? It was a test. And it was a test for our Lord. And Jesus passed with flying colors. But sometimes... I compare what Jesus went through and sometimes you compare what you went through or others. And sometimes we can't empathize because of things literally a million times smaller than what Jesus went through. I can't forgive that person for what they did. I can't forgive that person for how they treated me. I can't forgive that person for how they left. I can't, I can't do it. Really? You can't for real, but Jesus suffering, Jesus dying, Jesus being beat to death, Jesus gasping for air as he's breathing, his last words was forgive them. And so now you can't do it. We got to check ourselves, man. I got to check myself. Sometimes we don't forgive people for things smaller than, than doing something we didn't like. I just, I just didn't like how you did that, so I can't, I can't forgive you. 
Really? And then we say we have the we have the agape love of God. Okay. We got some work to do. I got some work to do. So your love has to be tested in order to empathize. So now here's the, here's the problem. So when your love is tested, you have you have two choices to make. When your love is tested, you can either become a villain or you can either use that and become better. Now, it's harder to use it and become better because you still got to feel what happened. But to become a villain, you take it and you hold it and you hold that grudge and you change and you become a you're not a, you're not a good person after that. So now Jesus made the choice, my own creation that I handmade. They turned on me, <laughs> my own creation. But even still, I will empathize. Man and brethren, what shall we do? Repent, be baptized. You know, the Bible says that the angels rejoice in heaven over one soul. Can you imagine the scene in heaven? Jesus looking down at Peter. That man betrayed me three times. But now he's preaching for me. He's defending me now. These people betrayed me. They hurt me. But now they're a part of me now. It was worth it. It's unreal. It's beyond me. It's beyond, and, and to... And the weird thing about this, guys, is Jesus tells us that we can have that type of love that he had. And that's exciting in a way, but that's also scary in a way because it's exciting because I know my love can be better towards people. But it's also scary because it's like, could I ever unlock that? Does that make sense? Like, can I ever get to the point in my life where I totally, no matter what anybody would say or do, that I unlock that type of love? That I have that within me, a, 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 a fallible, uh, a person that always makes mistakes, a person that always fails. I have that within me to have that type of love for other people, despite the actions that others may have done to me or what I may have done to others. Do I have that? You know, it's crazy to really understand like the level of, of love that the potential that you might have. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, but the more and more we think about this topic, guys, is your empathy on E understand that your love should motivate through the mistakes of others. Then number two, your love has to be tested. You know, how, how do you know how to empathize with others if you've never been tested, you know, to empathize with others, if you never know what it feels like to go through it? And then number three, and real quick, before we get to number three, also don't be afraid to go through it. Because if you're afraid to go through those things, hurt, disappointment, all those other things, then you can't really be used to help other people. All right. So then number three. Your mind has to dwell on the good rather than the mistakes. 
Now, this is what we talked about a little bit around the fire, too, is um, sometimes we can't empathize because we can't stop dwelling on how we got hurt, right? So when we think about that, <laughs> I'm, I'm that way for sure, too. You know, I think about, you know, when I played sports, I loved winning, right? I loved going to a championship game and winning. You know, I love doing that. But even after we won, right, I would dwell on the bad plays. I would dwell on the shots I missed. I would dwell on the turnovers I had. I would dwell on the fouls that I made. I would dwell on the plays that I missed. I would dwell on the passes I missed. You know, and when you think about it, it's so easy to do that. And so, like, even in my own personal life, you know, I look up and I see these degrees here on on the desk. I've accomplished a lot. You know, I've accomplished a lot very fast and I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I've, that the Lord has been able to use me to do that. But as much as I've accomplished, it's also easy to dwell on the times where I failed more than, more than being grateful for the accomplishments. So when you think about Peter, or even when you think about Jesus from this, from this standpoint, Jesus could have spent so long dwelling on the mistake of Peter. Imagine, imagine Jesus saying, you know what? I spent three years with you. I gave you everything I had. So when this happened, who was there? Me. When you needed prayer, who was there? Me. When you wanted this, who was there? Me. I gave you my heart, Peter. And the one time, the one time that I needed you, you told someone else that you didn't even know who I was. So think about that today, guys. Imagine Jesus Jesus and Peter were living today. If that happens to you today, if you spent time helping somebody, if you spent time doing all these things for other people, but the one time, the one time you weren't there for them, what would be our reaction? What would be your reaction? Sadly, I've heard phrases like this. You know, I don't think I can forgive you for that. I've heard phrases like, you should have thought about that earlier before you did that. So I can't do it. I can't forgive you. You know, Jesus could have said in Acts chapter two, you know what? I'm going to use another disciple because I trust him more than you, Peter. Because John, the, the beloved disciple, John didn't say he didn't know me three times. John didn't deny me like you did. So I'm going to, I'm going to use him. I'm going to go with another disciple. But remember in Mark chapter 16, verses 6 through 7, after the women found Jesus there, Jesus said, go tell all the other disciples that I'm back. But who did he name specifically? Verse number 7, or verse number 6, I believe. You go tell Peter. You go tell him. Jesus could have spent so much time 
dwelling on the times that Peter failed him. Peter, why would I want to, why would I want to even use you? Why would I even want to be with you, Peter? When I was on the water and I told you to come to me, you came and you failed. When I told you my mission, you wanted me to stay. When I told you that you were going to deny me three times, you denied me three times. Then later on, when I told you to go preach to the Gentiles, you said you weren't going to do it three times. Peter, you've let me down so many times. Why would I even want to be associated with you? I don't, I don't want it. You know, Peter, I don't want to be associated with you anymore. And if Jesus would have said that, technically speaking, because of all those things Peter did, technically speaking, would Jesus have been justified in saying that? I mean, if we're being technical, Peter probably would have been a hard guy to trust. But instead of dwelling on the bad things that Peter did, Jesus always saw something in him. Jesus saw a certain level of greatness in him. And if Jesus didn't see that in him, and if Jesus just would have kicked him to the curb, would Peter be the great elder that he probably was in first and second Peter? I don't think he would have been. And I think sometimes with us guys, and we talked about this at our study too, sometimes it's so easy to find a ticket out, you know, like it's, it's so easy to find a ticket out of things, but it's harder when people do stuff like this to you, like what Peter did to Jesus It's harder to walk with them through it. It's easy to get your ticket out. But it's harder to walk through people or, you know, walk through with people. That's hard. But what if Jesus didn't do it? What if Jesus didn't spend the time walking through with Peter and just would have kicked him to the curb and got a ticket out? He would have given up on him. And Peter, with the attitude that he had, wouldn't have known where to go with it. And like I mentioned in, in, a, in our previous podcast, obviously we have to understand, we have to know when to fold, meaning we got to understand when something is extremely detrimental to our lives. But if something is not extremely detrimental, and again, Peter, Jesus was God, but Peter, but Jesus understood that Peter's going to be great one day, but he needs this teaching. He needs this help. He needs this encouragement. So I understand we have to we have to know when to fold at times, but Dylan mentioned this around the around the fire as we talked. Dylan said it, it's almost like when people do stuff like this to us, it's like, uh, there it is. That was the reason. I was looking for that for that to be my ticket out. You know, you it, it's almost like we were waiting on them to let us down. And when they did, that was our ticket to go. And that was such a good point that he made. But Jesus with Peter, it's not like, it's not like, it's not like Jesus was waiting for Peter to fail. He just did. So when he did, because Jesus didn't have the mindset, I'm waiting for you to get it wrong. He always had the mindset. You're going to get it right. You're going to get it right. You're going to get it right. So what our, what our pride does is our pride holds us back 
for truly empathizing. And sometimes what we tend to do is the things that people do, we will use anything and we will use anyone, no matter how big or how petty it is. We will use anything or we will use anyone to get our shot back, to get our shots in to the person that hurt us. But is that the way that Jesus told me to walk? Is that the way that Jesus told us to walk? He didn't tell us to do it that way. He told us to empathize. So now the question is, has your empathy level towards God and towards other people around you, has your empathy been on E? If so, it's time to fill it back up and it's time to start empathizing with people and start to act more like Christ would act regardless of what's been done. Am I saying that this is easy? Absolutely not. This is this is a process. This is something that is is very difficult to do, but it's not impossible. Just because something is difficult doesn't mean it's impossible. So um, this is something that me personally, I am going to work harder at. And I hope that this is something that you want to work harder at too. So again, I hope this is able to help you. Thank you guys. Um, those, those people that I mentioned, thank you guys for giving me that idea through, through our conversation and you guys have helped. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it and it was able to help you. Um, and I hope that we can continue to grow and develop and, um, just learn to get better through, um, you know, through scripture and through learning more about our Lord and how we can be better for him. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Um, Lord willing, uh, again, remember, we will be on Instagram live every night uh, doing a kind of small devotional and prayer. So if you have your prayer requests, let me know on Instagram, maybe let me know on Facebook, and then we'll have our little small devotional there and we'll go live and I'll have guests and we'll we'll continue to stack our days. You know, we'll continue to stack our days. Uh, we'll continue to build and we'll continue to gain, uh, you know, that confidence, that value and that strength that the word of God brings. So Lord willing. Uh, we will see you tonight, but if not tonight, we will see you all next week. Thanks guys.